What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, August 13th. Uh-oh. I don't really care, honestly. But I do care about last night's preseason action. Uh, of course, it's the preseason, but I tell you what, man, Quez Watkins. And it wasn't just him taking that uh, that short pass from Joe Flacco to the house. He was already showing up with the first team. Uh, he is very interesting, man. Very, very interesting for that team. They may have a little bit more depth at wide receiver than we thought. We're not going to overreact to Ramondre Stevenson, by the way. And I'm not really going to dive into preseason today because, hey, it is fantasy football draft season. We still have a couple more things to talk about. And I did want to talk about quarterbacks today. The draft strategy at quarterback. That's what I want to do today on the podcast. Yesterday, of course, wide receivers, how we're attacking in the middle and late rounds. Running backs, how we attack in the middle rounds. I did that on Wednesday. So if you missed those podcasts, download at least download them. You don't have to listen. Just download them. But if you missed them, go ahead and uh, and listen to those because that should help you out. Along with my fantasy football draft plan, which is over at uh, ftnfantasy.com. Use the promo code RATPACK. You'll get yourself a nice discount on that. And if you get in on the Platinum Package, you're in for the entire season. Not just the, dra- the draft kit. You get it for, for now, which will help you in your drafts. But you get the draft kit with the, pa- the Platinum. You also get something really cool that I just released yesterday, and it's something that I always get a request for at this time of year. It's called my Keeper Value Chart. So if you're in a Keeper League, by the way, you're in a Keeper League, and you don't have round penalties, like, oh, I I keep, uh, you know, if I keep Jonathan Taylor, it's a third-round pick or whatever, because everybody freaking has Jonathan Taylor this year, apparently. But um, if you don't have that, it's really easy to make your keeper decisions. Just go to my overall rankings or whoever's overall rankings you want to use and choose the guys who are ranked highest. It's that simple. I'm not playing for next year in a keeper league. I don't care how young or old these guys are. I'm playing for this year, so I'm going to take. I'm going to keep the best possible guys. Now, if you are in a league though where you lose a a pick and you actually specifically know where you're drafting as well, like so, say you're drafting at pick four in the first round. So that means in the first round you have the fourth pick, in the third round you have the fourth pick, in the fifth round you know how it goes in a snake draft. You can use this chart. This chart will establish the value of the player overall, and it's a relative value score. It's kind of based on a 0 to 100 scale, though nobody is ever at 100. You know, nobody's nobody's perfect, in other words. So the highest value this year is McCaffrey. In half-point PPR, he's 81.1. In uh, a PPR, he's 80.7. He's 81.7 in a non-PPR, and he's 57.1 in a two-quarterback. So then you can take those values and compare them to the values of a pick. So I have every single pick has a value. So, for example, you have the 1-1 in a half-point PPR. Well, it's the same value as Christian McCaffrey because I have him as the 1-1 in a half-point PPR. So it's 81.1, right? And if you are keeping him there, all you do is you subtract his score, the pick score from his score. So it would be zero. That's not really good. You want to be in the positives with your keeper values. So this will allow you to compare. Very, It's very basic math. You don't need formulas or anything like that. It'll allow you to compare the values of different players you're considering keeping. Now, it is a paywall thing, of course, because it's a pretty valuable tool. But uh, you can get it, again, over at ftnfantasy.com. And uh, use the the promo code Rat Pack. Now, sometimes it's close too. I had somebody who said, "Oh, I compared 
Deontay Johnson in the eighth, and of course, Jonathan Taylor in the fourth. And he said Johnson was slightly higher, but he was leaning towards Taylor. I think that's fine. You know, it's not saying that you absolutely must keep said player who's highest. It's saying, it's, you know, if, if, if Deontay Johnson was dramatically higher, like say you actually had Taylor in the second, maybe, maybe you do consider Johnson there because the pick value is, is that much better. Uh, but you know, again, you may not have that decision. This will help you though. More information you have, the better you are. This will also help you if you're trading picks. I'm in a league where you can trade picks and I actually did. I traded back but tr- also acquired another early round pick in the process. So I traded back out of the, uh, I believe it was out of the third round back to the fourth round and got a fifth round in addition uh, and traded a later pick. Well, every pick has a value. So you can actually calculate. The, the NFL does this. You know, teams have pick values so they can calculate the value of these picks when they do trades. So it'll allow you to do that as well. It's pretty cool. Keeper value chart. Otherwise, I mean, you really want to make wise decisions when it comes to to your keepers. You want to play for this year, not for the future. I got an interesting Instagram DM. So I I don't post a lot on Instagram. Maybe I will in the future. Who knows? I'm trying to get into this TikTok thing too. (laughs) Doing TikToks. But anyway... Uh, I have an Instagram account that I check, and it and I don't have my DMs open on Twitter because there's just too many darn followers there. But on Instagram, I'm willing to do that. So I actually got an interesting note from uh, somebody who uh, hit me up in DM. His name's Mike. I won't give you his, all of his info, but he said, you know, his league made a rule where they actually have to draft a kicker and defense. So I guess before that, they didn't have to. They could draft whatever. And he said it, it, they made it after he snagged Kamara in the 15th round in his rookie year. He's working on getting it overturned, but he wants to, me to bring it up in the podcast. Uh, essentially, I think what he wants me to do is trash the rule. But I'm not going to necessarily trash the rule per se. Because here's what I'll say to this, Mike. If your league votes on a rule, then the, the rule stands. But at the same time, I will say to anybody else in his league who might be listening, if you're creating a rule to simply penalize somebody who played the game better than you, then I do think you're doing it wrong. Don't create rules simply to penalize people. Create rules to make your league better. And by limiting the skill of people in your league, you're not making your league better. You're actually making it worse. You're making it a league that comes down to luck, which drives me nuts. So I'm not for that, although I am always for a vote that passes in fantasy football leagues. Always vote on stuff. All right, Mike? So I did bring it up there. All right, so let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to dive into how we attack quarterbacks. So in the 10 things that I want to accomplish in a fantasy football draft podcast, I had mentioned my strategy at quarterback. It's sort of a two-fold strategy when it comes to one quarterback leagues, and it really is just a straightforward strategy in two quarterback leagues. Let's start with the one quarterback leagues. When we're talking about the likes of the elites, so of course Mahomes, Murray, guys like that, guys who are going to go very early in fantasy football drafts this year, I certainly will not be drafting them where they go. And people have said, okay, well, I look at your overall rankings. So, for example, you look at my overall rankings right now. Uh, Mahomes is, I have him at 37. He's not going to go that late. 
Allen at 39, that may be where Allen goes. You know, that's a fourth round pick. Maybe he's a third round pick, depending on your home league. Uh, after that, I have uh, at 44, 45, 46, I have Kyler, Lamar, and Dak. If anybody, it might be Lamar and Dak. So you're talking essentially what? Uh, late fourth round picks on those guys that. The rest of your list may have dried up because I always recommend drafting off a top 60 list and they may be the top guys on your board. So people keep asking me, well, would you draft them there? But remember, the objective with any of these guys is if you're talking about any of the essentially top 10 fantasy quarterbacks, top nine, top 10, I want to get two rounds of value on them. So if I have a third, basically late third round grade on Mahomes, I'm not drafting him until the fifth round. He's never going to be there. Kyler and Allen, it's probably more like sixth round is where I would draft him if they were there. They're never going to be there. And even Lamar and Dak, it's basically sixth round. Now, there's a chance if people are really scared about Dak's, Dak's shoulder, which I don't think they will be, that maybe somehow he slides to the sixth. I, I would draft Dak Prescott in the sixth round. But he's not going to get there. He's not going to get there. So after that, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, these guys have, you know, sixth, seventh round grades for me. So that means I'm not drafting them to the eighth or ninth round. They're not going to get there. But I don't want to rule that out no matter what. I don't want to go into the draft and say no matter what, I'm drafting late round. This is a mistake I made in the past. And, you know, where I kind of picked up on this, you know, I've seen some folks in the industry who are really great at just scooping value. And, you know, my buddy Mike Clay, who I, of course, worked with for many years over at PFF, I, I kind of picked up that he would do this from time to time. You know, he certainly would be a late-round quarterback guy, but occasionally he would wind up with a really good quarterback, like a top-eight guy. But I noticed he would never draft them super early. He would never be the first guy to draft a top-eight quarterback. In fact, oftentimes he'd be the last guy. And I'm like, you know what? I like that. And so that's why I come up with this little rule for me. I'll have a round grade for these guys, but I'm not going to draft quarterbacks at the round grade. I'll draft everybody else there early and in the middle rounds, but not quarterbacks. I want two rounds of value on those guys. Because it's a onesie position, I want two rounds of value on that, You know, especially with quarterback, because there's so much darn depth. It's opposite of tight end. There's no depth at tight end. So if I don't get those guys, then the approach is obviously pretty simple for me. I'm going to go, largely I'm going to go safe and upside. And that's even if I get Matthew Stafford, who I have a ninth round grade on. If I get Matthew Stafford, I'm still going to take a shot on like Trey Lance or somebody along those lines. But based on the rounds, I would go Stafford. I, I, I actually have Burrow in round nine as well. I really buy in on that offense having you know a lot of pop to it. So no issue with either of those guys, you know, I would prefer Stafford. But if Burrow's there and there isn't anything appealing, sometimes you get in that spot where there isn't that much appealing at wide receiver or at running back. I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Now, rounds 11, uh, 10 and 11 is really where, though, I see myself drafting quarterbacks more frequently. Uh, the guy who I typically target in this range if I'm going safe is Kirk Cousins. I know it's not sexy. But I also think that Kirk Cousins, you know, he's like the Rodney Dangerfield of, of fantasy football. And if you don't get that, just look it up. He gets no respect. All right. No respect. He's top 4,000 passing yards in five of the last six years. He has 30 plus touchdowns in two of the last three years. 
Sure, it's a little bit of a run-heavy offense, but I'm just fine with it. I'm fine with the safe floor. Kirk Cousins isn't going to win your, your leagues, but he gives you the safe floor, and that's the whole objective here. You want the safe floor, the higher weekly production, so that you can then sustain your team until you hit that, that you know, hopefully like the next Justin Herbert, the next waiver wire guy, if you don't hit with your upside guy. So if you are going upside, I do think this is the place where you would have to be looking at Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. I do prefer Trey Lance over Justin Fields, but I only have Justin Fields basically like a, a round or two behind him. But I'm taking the swing for the fences with these guys. There's talk that there's a quarterback competition in Jacksonville. Yeah, I'll believe that. I'm learning very quickly that I don't think we can believe anything Urban Meyer says. Just saying that. Hasn't been proven yet. But it hasn't been disproven either. But I love taking a, st- a shot on these guys. So, again, safe guy. Gets you through the lull in the beginning of the season if you Daniel Jones swing and miss like I did last year on your upside guy. But you're taking that swing anyway because the, the goal is to hit that home run. And you're not waiting until waivers to do so because, you know, some of these guys who you're trying to swing for the fences with won't be on waivers. Trey, Trey Lance isn't going to be on waivers. Round 12 and 13, Matt Ryan keeps falling this year, so you could really almost get like a free bingo space on Matt Ryan in rounds 12 or 13. I would draft Tua Tungavailoa in this range as an upside guy. Looks like a guy who could take a step forward. Baker Mayfield's kind of free as well as a safe guy. And then Justin Fields, this is where I'm targeting him. I think he probably goes before this point, but I am going to target him in this range. Now, there's not much safety in rounds 14 to 16, I mean, you could, in theory, draft Ben Roethlisberger down here. I, I don't love that play because I think you're really, really, you're really capping the upside. But I am looking at, at uh, th- well, really three, I guess you could say two and a half, <laughs> uh, high ceiling guys. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson. And Watson's the, the half because have, we have no idea if he's going to be on the field or not. Every day gives us less and less clarity there. But Fitz, you're taking a shot on the upside in that offense. We know we put up some good fantasy numbers last year with Miami and probably shouldn't have been benched, but Miami kind of had to get Tua on the field. Uh, Daniel Jones, if it doesn't happen this year, it isn't going to happen. But the nice news is unless you have Giants fans in your leagues, you can get Daniel Jones for nothing. So if you do miss on Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Tua, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones is dirt cheap and free at the end of drafts. And then Watson, you're just taking a stab. If he does get on the field, he will dramatically outplay this this, uh, ADP. Uh, Two quarterback leagues, very simple. Wait until 10 quarterbacks are drafted. Draft two quarterbacks between ranks 10 and 20 on your board. Usually that's in back-to-back rounds. Wait until there are 24 quarterbacks drafted and draft one more starting quarterback. That guy should have upside. The other two, high floor guys. Maybe not the highest ceiling. That's how I do it, man. That's how I attack the quarterback position. All right, head on over to ftnfantasy.com and use the promo code RATPACK to get in on all of the great fantasy football intel here for your drafts because they are coming up. I got a draft this weekend at the Hall of Fame, Canton. Love it. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Slide into those Instagram DMs. And I will catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe and I'm out.